So welcome to the Women in Sport podcast. And this edition is focusing on women taking exercise outdoors. And as we come into winter, that's a particularly pertinent topic. Uh, and it's as well a topic that's had a lot of profile recently, given the um, issues around safety of women outside. So it's really brilliant to be welcoming some some wonderful women to have this conversation with us today. And the first person I've introduced is Cassia Bromley, who co-founded and is the creative director of Akai, which is outdoor. Well, you might correct me, but it's an outdoor clothing brand, as far as I'm aware. It is. It is indeed. And and the aim of setting up your business was to encourage and empower women in the outdoors so that you can be, you know, have stylish clothes, but they're well fitted and they're functional and you can sort of feel free in, in those clothes. Um, so welcome, Cassie. It's, it's brilliant to be working with you. And thank you, Chakai, for, for sponsoring this as well. And thank sport. you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm very excited to uh, working with you for a second year running. Yes. So we've been working on Bright Friday together. Last year was our first year. Yes. And it's to try to uh, provide the alternative to Black Friday. And maybe, Cassie, when we get into the conversation, we can touch on that a bit more. Absolutely. And welcome as well to, to Nadia Way. And then finally to introduce um, Becky Adlington, who I remember very vividly really stunned the world with two gold medals in the Olympics in 2008 and a couple more four years later, but um, has been our patron for some time and is a, a massive champion for everybody, frankly, playing sport, but particularly girls and particularly swimming. And uh, But I know also grew up in a part of Nottinghamshire, which is uh, really outstanding in its natural beauty. And I know um, has a real connection with the outdoors as well. So um, really, really, really pleased, Becky, you could join us for this. Thank you. So I just to sort of get the conversation kicking off, uh, we can't kind of avoid the issue, I think, that there's been a global pandemic um, and, you know, what that has meant in terms of the topic which is we're discussing around women and girls taking exercise outdoors. So I know, you know, we did some research about, we've done some research about midlife women um, we know that the lives of women during the lockdowns, et cetera, changed uh, differently to those of men in many ways. We tended to carry the burden of homeschooling and all that sort of thing. And that therefore the time to prioritise yourself and exercise was very much um, very short in that time. But we also know from some research Women of Sport did in 2014 that as we come into winter, the likelihood of women uh, being less active uh, it's really great. It exacerbates those issues because of the short days and the cold. Um, so to kick off, I think I'll start with you, Nadia. I mean, what are your reflections about that? How do you think the pandemic has affected the relationship between women and the outdoors? Yeah, it's something we've been talking about quite a lot, really. And I think, as with most things with the pandemic, it's affected people quite differently and in quite drastically different ways, actually. So we've seen kind of some women within the Adventure Queen community have actually used it as an opportunity to spend more time being active. So particularly during the first lockdown, there was kind of a, a surge of activity of people using their, their new leisure time to kind of get outdoors more and, and do more walking. And I think stand-up paddleboarding has been a huge thing. I've never seen so many people on the waterways before. But I think one of the big challenges has been the kind of the isolation and a lot of women within our community say that 
being part of a group and kind of having friends or family to, to exercise outdoors with is actually really, really key. Because if you struggle with confidence or you feel like you lack the skills to get outdoors and you're not able to join those groups that, that you used to be part of or, or go out with people that you used to go out with, I think that's really quite challenging. And we've been seeing things open up now, of course, but we're not really back at full capacity yet. We don't have the full community back up and, and running yet. And I'm hoping over time that gets back to some sort of normality. But it, it has been a real mixed bag, I think, and people have, have coped with it quite differently. Is that what you felt, Becky, about, about the pandemic and your friends, family, people you work with? Yeah, I think um, it's one of those that I could totally relate because first lockdown, I remember doing so much. I remember just getting out of my garden, going for loads of walks. I started running after years and stuff like that. So I can really relate to that first lockdown. But I think the weather was so amazing, that first one. So I think that massively made a difference. Um, the I kind of say the most recent one, but it was kind of just merged wasn't it the latest lockdown I guess over January and I think for me it was difficult because I was heavily pregnant so I struggled to even go for a 30 minute walk I would only have to walk 20 minutes my back was in absolute bits I had the worst pain with being heavily pregnant and then it kind of once then my lifestyle completely changed and I already had a child, but then I went for two and juggling that. So even just to get out for walks and stuff now, I kind of have to load myself up. One of my kids needs a bike or a scooter. The other one I've got in a pram and then it's just not as easy. And where I live, um, it's absolutely beautiful, but it's more canals. It's kind of more off the beaten track that the amazing walks are. So I've certainly struggled with that. And like, like Nadia said as well, I think that community element, because I'm used to doing group exercise and I've really, really, really missed that. That was the one thing I was desperate to kind of go back to is that kind of group environment just to be around other people. I'm sick of doing online stuff or just kind of by myself. I'm like, I'm over that. I would just, but luckily I have been able to go out and go for a few walks. I went up actually to the Lake District recently um, and did a big walk with our whole team from work. And it was great. And it was just the great opportunity to be outside, be somewhere different as well um, and start chatting to each other. It was fantastic. I loved it. Hearing an Olympic medalist saying they're struggling to get out and take walks is kind of reassuring in a way, but also worrying. I mean, Cassie, coming into winter as well, I mean, we've got all the practical issues that you know, a lot of women bear the majority of the burden of things like worrying about how you take one child on your back or, you know, in a pram and the other one in a Relate to that. Transport. <laughs> but, you know, coming into winter, what do you see that meaning for us in particular, do you think? I certainly see a lot of challenges. And, you know, like you say, with days being shorter, we are naturally less motivated when we're feeling cold and you see it's a little bit it's dark it's cold all you want to do is sit with your um uh, hot chocolate in front of a fire that's that's the natural instinct um so yes there is that that the barrier and you know for women who work um the you know often in the summer my thing is I come back and and then I go for a I have my hour where I go into uh, we're lucky to have forest on our doorstep so I go for for runs and and that has stopped now so it's it's kind of working around that when you have children particularly but even those who don't and work it's it's a challenging time however I always kind of try and look at the kind of you know how how we go around that issue and um you know I believe in in taking breaks 
out and actually proper breaks during your work day or, or whether you are looking after your children all day or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, 30 minutes at lunchtime, you've got that daylight and, you know, cold. It feels kind of quite unmotivating when you first start, uh, but, you know, five minutes in and you, and you warm up and you feel that kind of the instant feel good no matter how how cold it is I do see that as as kind of you have to bring yourself and really kind of find that motivation to do so for for a lot of women so um yeah there's definitely that challenge and, and it's good to be kind of putting out content out there to inspire women to to keep keep us going because uh, it kind of can feel like that winter season we almost take a step back in that uh, participation in the outdoor activity. And so do you, I mean, do you think safety comes into this in the winter? Massively. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think so. And when I said um, I don't do that anymore because it's dark, because I, I, I don't feel as comfortable going for a run or going for a walk in a forest on my own when it when it's dark and I see that in other women I see that friends with dogs you know what what do, what do we do when I have to walk my dog um for the evening walk uh, and it's dark already it, it definitely is a thing and um a consideration uh particularly for for women do you feel that on the canal Becky? do you do you think about your safety when you're walking down the canals if it was dark, yes, but I'm one of those that I won't go in the dark for that reason. I just don't feel um, safety, but in all aspects of safety, uh, I think that isn't just who's going to be there or I, I kind of feel that from a, is it icy? Am I going to slip? Or am I going to hurt myself? It's a very re- kind of remote play. I think safety embodies so much. So I just wouldn't go out like and my, my husband always says to me when I say, oh, I've just not been able to do anything like the past couple of days have just been stuck in meetings and whatever. And he's like, well, why don't you go out now? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I can't go out at half seven at night. It's pitch black. I'm like, he doesn't quite get it. And I'm like, I, I don't want to. And he really kind of gets a bit baffled by it, but I just don't feel comfortable. I wouldn't enjoy it. I'd be constantly tense and on edge that that yeah. isn't for me. It takes that enjoyment out of it. And that's coming from me who I love exercise and being active, but it would just take that enjoyment factor out. And part and parcel of exercise for me is that enjoyment and that mental health aspect. It isn't just about physically getting active. It's mentally exercise for me is that opportunity where I do get to switch off and I do just get to think about different things and just kind of let my train of thought go. Whereas I think if it was in the evening and dark, that wouldn't happen. So it wouldn't benefit my mental health health at all really I find it hugely frustrating because I think when we have conversations about about personal safety as well it can be quite divisive so I know even within outdoor communities when you bring up the topic of is it safe for women to to run alone at night or is it safe for, for us to walk walk along the streets at night time you'll get some women that say absolutely of course it's it's all in your head and you'll get other women that will say well, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And Becky, as you say, if if it's affecting your enjoyment, then then why would you do it? And it's I, I experienced this just last week because I recently signed up to do a swimming challenge, and I was really excited about it. I'm doing doing it for November, and I thought, okay, so I'm going to go swimming in the evenings after work. And I thought I'd go with my partner on the first night to kind of scope out the route. And as I was walking along, given it gets dark about half four at the moment, I just think. I, I, I can't do this by myself. 
because it was just completely covered by bushes. So I was constantly thinking... Is this the walk to the pool? Walking to the pool, yeah. Just the 20, 25-minute walk to the pool. And I was thinking, I can't see. You know, someone could be hiding in there. Someone could be be up ahead. And I said it to my partner. I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And it hadn't even crossed his mind. He hadn't even had it as a consideration. But for me, I think a combination of the fact that, you know, it's still in the media, women are being attacked at night. And for me, personal experience as well. I was attacked as a teenager walking home um, at, at night. So I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm exposed to that threat, but also just the fear of while I'm doing it as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And one of the issues with um, the provision of public leisure facilities, I mean, there's big issues and, you know, Becky's part of a big campaign at the moment to get investment in public swimming pools for instance but it's not just the leisure facilities it's the access to them isn't it it's the way you Absolutely. walk through them uh, making that actually considered in the design because nearly all our public spaces have until very recently been designed by men and they're just not necessarily thinking about aspects that women would probably put quite front of mind um so that's a really interesting reflection uh Nadia as you say especially from you when you're so committed if that's how you're feeling then how would an only half committed person feel? And the other thing you brought up, I mean, I think is really important. Becky, you mentioned it, it's about actually enjoying it. You know, you've mentioned it, why would you do it if you don't? And the point, Cassie, with your clothes wear, you know, your, your outdoor wear is to make it actually enjoyable to be yeah. being active outside. I mean, that is surely the essence of it, isn't it? If we're going to inspire more women how to make it feel more be more enjoyable and feel more enjoyable for women to be active outdoors but in particular in the winter well safety it's 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 exactly what you've what you've um what you've described is way if you don't feel relaxed then 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 it's it's more difficult to to enjoy it i also kind of wanted to add that i feel like that uh, safety concerns have been heightened in recent years. I remember living up in Scotland in Edinburgh when I was studying and running in the evening, whether it was winter, whether it was summer, it, that was that was just what I always did. And I never, ever thought, I never had those concerns. I, it never even crossed my mind that I was in any danger. I just did it because I loved it. And then there was, I heard there was an incident involving a woman being attacked where I go every night. And and since then, and particularly since I've had my children, that's really affected how the safety affects me. And certainly coming into the winter and thinking, what, what, how can we overcome this? And, you know, group uh, meeting up with friends, family, or having your walking or running buddies can change that and and going back to your point earlier Stephanie you know pandemic you know that that would have that was really challenging when you couldn't do that as we recover from it I think it's really important that we start to return to that as that's a way around it it may sometimes feel like we lose our independence because we want to feel like I want to be able to do it by myself. I mean, the way that's the way I'm wired is that the, the things I do, I want to know that I, I can just rely on myself and you feel like I need someone with me. It can kind of affect that sense of independence. Um, 
it's certainly it's certainly a, an an issue that's that needs to kind of be be looked at and um, kind yeah. of in the world that we live in now. And interestingly, um, in terms of cultures, I mean, did you grow up in in the UK? You grew up grew up in the Netherlands, or I myself? I know I grew up in Poland. Um, in Poland, okay. Yeah, I, I got false information. So you grew up in Poland, and and growing up, do you remember? this being rooted in the culture there or did not at all not at all and that's what that's what kind of saddens me in a way and because you know I, I want my children to grow up the, in the freedom that I grew up in um you know, and why I, do you I brought, think it was different what, what do you feel was different when you were growing up maybe there was no uh, there was no internet <laughs> there's no not as much of that kind of heightened concern heightened discussions uh that frankly are scary and I remember it being a lot more kind of it just it just wasn't there I I come from uh, a rural I come from a small village where nothing ever happened no kind of crime or or anything like that um and you know I feel safe where I live now but that is always the back of your mind Interesting. Yeah. And and Becky, where you grew up and when you were growing up, because obviously there are two issues here. There's a sort of geography and culture. And then there's the time, isn't there? The time in society's progress in a way. Did you feel safe as a sort of teenager walking around outside? And Yeah, 100%. I think it, it's very similar, though, as in like none of us had phones <laughs> showing our age here, aren't we? But as in like, I still remember dial up internet. <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah. one that, that was the growing up. You just couldn't access the news as, as like everything now, like you only have to go on social media and it's everywhere. Whereas kind of didn't have that growing up. Um, and I think my parents shielded me a lot from that sort of stuff. I think my parents were always conscious about talking about news events in front of us. Whereas now I think that's kind of a lot more open. Everybody talks about that, like the schools, even the school that my daughter goes to that they talk about stuff to primary school kids. I'm like, gosh, like my mum and dad would never have spoken to me about that sort of stuff, but actually it's making kids a lot more aware a lot earlier on so I guess it's different and like I say I grew up in a very small town as well and we were very lucky to have so many amazing places around us Sherwood Pines and Forest and everything and kind of Rufford there were so many incredible places um that was just kind of whether it was woods parkland whatever it was that we got to go somewhere I wasn't just walking out of my house we would actually physically drive somewhere to go for a walk and that's very much like the sort of stuff that I do now and that I kind of still have that family connection still do that every time I'm home Um, and even now up here we tend to get in the car to go for a walk which is a bit redundant you should just be able to walk out your door but um, for the kids and so they have access to a park and things like that so I kind of feel just a bit more at ease if there's no cars about as well like even and just walking roadside all the time. Um, I kind of don't like doing that with two young kids. Obviously, I will to drop them off and go to the shops or whatever, but it actually for that quality family time, it was actually the first time that we did it on Sunday. Just got our walking gear on, went for a walk for like an hour and a half, and then we were like, 
like, I was like, look, as long as we end up at a pub with a Sunday roast at the end, I'm happy. (laughs) And that's exactly what we did. And it was just ace to have that freedom. And it was kind of nice that I think sometimes you don't schedule it in as much. Whereas we, I set out on the Friday, I said to my husband, what do you want to do this weekend? He says, I want to go on a long walk. And do something just with the family and actually like putting that in. I think you, it's about now. I think part of that enjoyment is in scheduling it in. Yes, we. Sh- it's nice to do it off the cuff, but actually we've got to prioritize that sort of stuff. And like you said, the daylight, making sure that you're spending that time together as a family and having that connection, but also having something nice at the end of it. We all wrapped up. I got my new clothing on. So thank you very much for that. The leggings are superb. I agree with Stephanie on those. It was so nice to put something on. My husband was like, you look really nice. And I was like, thanks. It's my new gear. And it was like so nice to be able to have have something that I could then walk into a pub and not feel like I'm in kind of not appropriate wear when you're in a put in that kind of environment. So that was great. And I absolutely loved it. And it's about doing sort of that enjoyment stuff, I think more and more, and that we're just kind of scheduling it in saying, look, this is what we're going to do on Sunday and kind of having that because we absolutely loved it. That's so interesting. The two things you pick up on there. One is, you know, that the, the clothing you wear, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, no one would enjoy skiing if they weren't wearing the right clothes, you know, and yet we think, oh, I won't go, all the weather's bad. I mean, there's always clothing to wear that that will keep you protected from that. And and if it actually is fashionable as well, then you get that extra bonus of you can enjoy the pub lunch without being aware you look pretty dreadful, really, all the way through it. And that does take us, Cassia, back to to the, the Bright Friday idea, which, and the the need to be properly dressed for whatever you're doing, really. I mean, it, it's, what really focused you on setting up this brand and, and you know, what was the real drive behind it? It is, for me, my mission is it, it's hugely important to me and, and our team to create a brand that inspires and that helps women find the confidence, helps women find the love of outdoors if they if they haven't already and hopefully promotes that lifestyle that inspires them to to use the outdoors as part of their everyday routine part of their everyday everyday life bright friday is now an extension of our outdoorsing movement which is the redefining of the outdoors and making outdoors more accessible to women promoting the benefits to your mental and physical well-being and inspiring women to you know to to outdoor to go outdoorsing as much as they can and, and for that to become part of their everyday lifestyle it was always important to us as a team to create an evergreen sustainable brand that is not driven by trends, but it's driven by the needs and wants of women and what they need in their in their lifestyle and support them in their outdoor uh, activities. That's um, yeah, really powerful. And you know, time and time again, with whatever women in sport is working on, it might seem superficial, but clothes do keep coming up. You know, I mean, whether it's the... Um, whether it's beach volleyball or handball or whether it's um it's what you wear to school you know it keeps coming up because it, when in lockdown more girls were going to school wearing sports kit surprise surprise you know more girls were mucking around at break playing netball or you know running around which frankly um girls shoes that they're told to wear for school normally prohibit as do ridiculously short skirts and everything else you know so um, clothes are really important and they do they do 
matters so much. And so it's absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, in terms of your work, what what do you think are the, do you think there are stigmas about women being active outdoors? I mean, what, what are you trying to break down with what you're doing? What are the barriers you see? I think there are quite a few barriers and we've touched upon a couple already. So, you know, I think personal safety or perceived personal safety is an issue. I, I think, you know, having kit that fits women is another issue, as we've mentioned, and that that's not just clothing, but it's also things like cycle saddles, for example. That's another thing that, that comes up a lot. But I think a lot of it is about expectations and what sort of expectations we, we put on, on women and girls. Um, and I had this experience a couple of years ago. I was hiking in the Brecon Beacons with my partner and we've been hiking for a few hours and got really hot. It was the middle of the summer and we decided we wanted to go and swim in, swim in a stream. So my partner kind of took off his kit stripped down to his pants and just jumped in and I kind of did the same thing I kept my top on because I wanted to be a bit respectable and I got in and then after after a few minutes another family joined us and there was a, a dad and a couple of boys and they did exactly the same thing as my partner they stripped off got into their pants jumped into the stream and the mum and the daughter stayed on the side of the stream and they didn't get in um, they just sat on the side and I heard the little girl say to her mum she said mum that lady's in her knickers. <laughs> and and it just it just kind of took me completely off guard because she hadn't batted an eyelid about her dad or her brothers or my partners being there in, in their pants. But the fact that a woman was there, I just thought it was it was incredible that at such a young age, she was probably about, I think, seven or eight or something, she had these real ingrained ideas of what a woman can and can't do. So I think I'd really like I'd really like the t- to not be those expectations in place and for women to be able to feel like they can do things which bring them joy um, and, and are good for them. Because let's face it, being active outdoors is incredibly good for your physical and, and mental well-being. Um, I think also you mentioned kind of stigmas as well. It, it does vary a lot according to the woman and according to your, your background. You know, women, we're not a homogenous group. And I think people's expectations of women, whether you're, you know, depending on your ethnicity or your age or your size or whether you're, you're married, all these different factors play into kind of what, what society expects of you and what barriers you feel are kind of up against you in, in getting outdoors. Gosh, that's so powerful, that story, actually. And yet it's not that surprising, is it? That's no. the heartbreaking thing. I think we all sort of heard it as well. That's so wrong, but probably could think of comparable kind of situations I expect having met you Cassia and knowing you a bit Becky and, and you Nadia that we would always be the ones with our knickers and bra in the sea or whatever <laughs> it is with everyone else going oh my god she's mad um whereas actually we're not we're just doing what you know is natural in fact and and that I think does lead to I mean your mention of joy is so important and the more we were I've been at women's sport a few years now and the more we we think about it more, we look at all the barriers, we look at the issues. It's actually about the, the expectations, as you say, and the gender stereotypes, which effectively deny the opportunity for joy to women. You know, it's that, but those burdens of responsibility that are disproportionately sort of put on our shoulders, I mean, you actually just have less fun in your midlife than you ought to. You know, and a lot of men in midlife say, look, I don't have that much fun either. I'm sure that's true. But actually, it's disproportionate. And that is what it's about. It's about freedom and joy and fun. And the fact is that our DNA is programmed for us to be 
a middle-sized mammal who hangs out in herds outdoors. And when we're not with other people or outdoors, we're actually a bit stressed. And it's when we are outdoors and connected and active that our DNA is in line with, with us. And so that mental health issue, you know, is and physical because they're both connected is so profoundly important in this conversation, I think. I mean, Becky, with with um, with that issue, I, I think it'd be interesting to hear your perspective. I mean, with all the people you work with on what you see as fundamental with that that mental health benefit. Yeah, I think it, it's such a connected thing is being a your environment but also exercise with mental health so many people even though it's not outdoors still say to me do you still swim and I go yes but I only swim for my mental health and people look at me a little bit weird because I don't consider me going for a swim part of my exercise routine I don't consider it um for like I would go in for a run for example I don't use it in the same way I don't ache after I've been swimming I don't push my body I literally literally go for a swim to turn my phone off so it's away from me and I just use it for my mental health because my body kind of knows how to swim it doesn't really burn off the same calories when it's just my natural instinct is to swim um, and I found through taking that away during the pandemic was really really difficult for me um, because that swimming was where I feel like safe it's like my home environment that was like my space and it was really difficult to have that stripped away and find different ways of that mental health aspect with with exercise and it was one of those going out for walks and runs and I started running again and it was one of those I'm I hate running I'm literally the worst runner ever like I've just I am literally a fish out of water I just everything hurts and I never get better at it and I never get quicker and I'm literally like I've been running now for ages and it's not getting any progress but I genuinely enjoy it because I genuinely feel a difference in myself afterwards like I'm never going to run a marathon I'm never going to do anything of speed and I accept that for me going out for a run or something is because I put my headphones on and I listen to a podcast and most people must think I'm absolutely crazy where I live because I listen to something funny and I start laughing and it's because I've got a podcast on so I'm running along laughing at myself and everyone's like what's she doing but it's because I, that is my time I don't have time otherwise to listen to podcasts so that is where I do it and I also think that just afterwards I feel so much better I feel so much more energy which is weird because you'd think you'd be more tired but I feel like I gain that kind of extra energy I feel more focused for the day and I've got outside I've stopped looking at the same four walls and that is so important over the pandemic 100% to just even just run past people and smile at them and i Oh, I saw someone today. It was really lovely. And it, I think it's so important for your mental health that these days where I do work from home three days a week, I make sure that I get outside because I just feel otherwise I get to the end of the day and I just feel sluggish. I don't really feel great mentally or physically. So I make sure. And I think that's so important that we like, so I can't remember who it was said earlier that that 30 minutes at lunch, that you're getting outside, whether it's the daylight and even now I even if it's just to walk my my little one up to nursery, I'll make sure I'm not getting in the car. I'll walk up just because it is that time to just get a bit of fresh air, think about stuff. Even if I'm thinking about what I'm going to cook for tea, at least I'm outside and doing that rather than sat on a sofa. Does that resonate with, with you guys? Absolutely. Um, I mean, 
yeah, even I, I really don't have many days where I'm not doing anything all day. And sometimes you just need that. And even if I said, right, okay, the other Sunday, we were like, let's just have just one day, one day where we just don't put pressure on ourselves to kind of do something. I last till about lunchtime, <laughs> similar to you, Becky. And I feel groggy. I feel like I just haven't had that fresh air on my skin. And I was like, right, I need to go. And 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 for me, running is a release. It, it has been for years and years and years. Um, running, walking, is that my only time where I get to just get have some space and think and you know a lot of ideas happen a lot of things just get clarified and I don't even try it just happens and that's the kind of the magic the beauty of it that it just happens um when you don't really expect it so I I would yeah completely agree that it's it's really important and working from home is ever so popular now it's it's quite kind of easy to just forget and just stay in the four walls all day and I just cannot tell you just how passionate I am to to put the message out there to break up that cycle to have that break uh otherwise before you know it you feel groggy you know I personally if I have Zoom calls back to back all day, I, f- I feel really down by the end of the day if I haven't had that that break. Uh, I remember I used to, um, one of my first job after after university, um, working in, in the winter, you, you go to the office when it's dark and you leave when it's dark and, and you're inside and you haven't been seeing daylight that you know, that's got really, really long term. I mean, before you know it, you feel, I feel low and, you know, and it really has such, such a, such an effect on you, uh, particularly in this case on the, on your mental health. So it's hugely, hugely important. Write it on your wall, even if you forget and get carried away with work, take 30 minutes, however, even an hour, even better if you take a longer break at lunchtime, but work a little bit later if you need to. Um, So yeah, absolutely agree. No, that's, that's really powerful. And of course we need to help sort of people who we work with and everyone else to sort of help them to prioritize themselves to do that. I mean, Nadia, how quickly before, and we need to wrap up fairly soon, but can I come back to some things that you said earlier? I mean, just to hear from you, your experience of working with different women, because we are all different, um, whether it's the, the shape of our bodies or our background in terms of our sort of economic background or our ethnic background. You know, what, what do you see as some of the challenges we've got to, to get more women into the space I suppose we're all in, which is at least recognising how wonderful it can be and at least trying to get ourselves out as much as we can? Because there are a lot of women who haven't had those experiences, they haven't grown up being outside as much that they're not even intellectually aware let alone emotionally aware of the value you know what what do you see as some of the challenges we've got to overcome but also the differences in in the women you work with yeah I mean the adventure queen community is is really diverse in terms of people's experience with outdoor activity so we have everything from women that are just starting out on their journey and are kind of working towards doing their first five mile walk um and then we have women that are 
I think we had one woman I saw recently, she was the first Hungarian woman to have uh, climbed all seven summits. So it's, it's a real spectrum. And we are really trying to kind of work across all, all those different ranges. Um, and we do that kind of mainly through uh, providing kind of a space for women to share tips and techniques, because you know, there are some some challenges, especially as we go into winter, as you mentioned earlier, which affect both men and women. Um, but there are some that are very specific to women. So something that comes up a lot is how do you go to the toilet when you're when you're having an outdoor adventure? Or what do you do when you've got your period and you're doing a, a multi-day hiking trip? And these are things which we don't really like to talk about on a kind of day-to-day basis. But if you've got these communities, and it's not just Adventure Queens, there are other, other outdoor communities and other women's outdoor communities that are out there. If you've got, if you allow this space for women to share those experiences, I think it can be really beneficial. I think the other thing is about bringing women together as well. So we spoke before about the importance of having a community and the importance of, you know, having someone to kind of say, you know, get up let's go do this walk or let's go do this climb or, or, or whatever and just kind of have that, um, have that someone to support them. Um, I think, yeah, I think that can be really powerful. And I think the other thing is also about, we spoke before about kind of normalizing women in the outdoors. I think, you know, the outdoors is still very male dominated and I think we need to do more to celebrate the you know amazing women that we have that are doing incredible things outdoors and, and kind of normalize it and, and make make swimming in your pants in a stream a normal thing to do rather than something that's seen as you know unheard of i love that i, I mean we nearly we ought to end on that exact thing we want to make it normal for women to be swimming in their pants <laughs> in the stream um i don't think we can quite i mean i think the swimming the outdoor swimming movement has been so fascinating over the last few years too um and something dear to my heart because I'm I'm naturally a fish who hates running as well although I never got the Olympic medal swimming but you know I feel much more at home swimming than I do running um and outdoor swimming has always been for me a complete joy although I have to admit I virtually freeze to death in most of the UK's outdoor water bodies um but research was issued by um what was published by Swim England a couple of years ago which was measuring happiness ratings after swimming and any swimming, your happiness rating sort of went up. But outdoor swimming, it went up significantly more. Now, Becky, have you been doing much of that? Have you been outdoor swimming? I haven't, but only because of having a little one. So having an eight-month-old baby is quite a, very, very difficult. And to be fair, I normally swim, or where I have been, where I live, was that Todbrook Reservoir. I don't know whether you guys can remember in the news when the Whaley Bridge, it was a couple of years ago, the reservoir nearly burst its banks and they had to kind of clear out. So they've drained it now. So I need to find a new spot. That is my mission, is to find a new spot because uh, I'm a bit like you. It has to be nice and Sulphur Keys just doesn't quite do it for me at the minute <laughs> yeah the canal isn't that appealing most canals are not that appealing either but uh the, yeah we know we need to we need to have the clean water bodies well i i think that's been a really great conversation is there anything that any of you would hope to be able to share or or say that we haven't covered i, I was kind of would like to add about the you know what we're trying to achieve with Bright Friday and what we're trying to achieve as a brand, aside from great product, is the aspect of redefining the outdoors and, and what it means to us. And 
touching on everything that we've discussed, what's important to us and what we're trying to do by redefining the outdoors is showing um, that the outdoors is a lot more accessible than we think. And historically, outdoorsy woman, you know, what do you associate it with? You associate, you know, walking up mountains and, you know, knowing, you know, going through an orienteering course and going up, um, you know, Ben Nevis or, or Snowdonia. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. If you feel that's not your comfort zone, what, what's important for us to achieve is for those women who feel overwhelmed by that is to to look on the doorstep even if it's not right you know within walking distance it's probably within a short driving distance I mean it's been known in lockdown I've heard from so many people including myself finding areas that you never knew existed right on your doorstep just because you had no other choice and uh, I guess that's you know if there's anything positive taken from that it's that that realize that it's all around us and how important it is to use that take advantage of of what we have uh, around us to your own you know um, mental and physical well-being so that's uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, my last role was with the Wildlife Trust, and they have that they're aware of and, and also look after smallish sometimes places that are just packed with nature and birdsong. That in lockdown, suddenly a lot of people discovered, which was wonderful. And you know, in the end, nature doesn't judge us, and you know, we are free from that in nature. And I think it's a uh, you know, it'd be wonderful if if that learning from the pandemic meant that more women were outdoors more. And and I love Nadia's aim. Um, and I think we can all buy into the aim. It becomes normal for women to be totally free outdoors, whether it's swimming in the stream in your pants or, or you know, just, you know, hiking anywhere and, and walking through parks and just feeling completely safe and free is, is the aim. Thank you so much, all of you, for your contributions. It's been really good to talk to you all. And so thank you.